Aviation very much front and centre these days. The Auckland Council and the airport shares. Of course, the Auckland Airport charges and the airlines don't like that. The rebound of an industry that has seen the darkest of days. Uh, the revenge tourism that sees us paying astonishing prices to get back out into the world. And a bit more competition as of tomorrow night as Qantas launches their Auckland-New York direct flight. Now, the chief executive of 15 years, Alan Joyce, is in the country and is with us. Very good morning to you. Hey, Mike. Good to talk to you. Nice to meet you as well. So you're out in the end of the year. Yep. How's it been as a ride? Oh, it's been a roller coaster, Mike. I mean, I think it's an amazing company. Uh, Qantas is the iconic Australian brand. Uh, we've seen us go through the highs and the lows. We're making now record profits uh, from having a terrible time during COVID where we lost $7 billion. Uh, so the company's coming back and it's coming back extremely strong. What do you make of revenge tourism? Have we seen the peak of it or are people still desperate? Uh, well, we're seeing a massive pent-up demand. So our research in Australia says that people are, um, there are twice the demand for international travel and domestic travel than there was before COVID. Um, and there's just not enough capacity at the moment to meet that demand. But it's getting, be- it's getting better every day. I saw the profits. Iata was saying that uh, profits globally this year are going to be about $10 billion, yes. and they've doubled their estimate. So there is. How do you dovetail the, we're going to make $10 billion with the angry passenger that goes, I'm paying far too much to go anywhere these days? Uh, yeah, and I think um, it's get, it's getting better, though. So we're seeing that more and more capacity is being added all the time. And as that capacity is being added, airfares are coming down, and the service levels are getting better. Okay. So as far as... The, I mean, is, is, is Project Sunrise your great shining, yeah. I did this? Um, I think it is. I mean, there's a few things that I hope are my legacy. There's Project Sunrise, which I think is going to be amazing for the company. I mean, these are flights that are going to fly for 21 hours nonstop. They're overco- overcoming the tyranny of distance. Yeah. When you think Australia and New Zealand are the furthest countries away from places. It's a long distance to get to the rest of the world. So these 21-hour flights and the capability mean you don't have to stop. It's the last tyranny of distance for Australians and New Zealanders. It allows us to get um, all these continents that weren't connected, directly connected. And we could see the reaction that we had when we put on Perth to London for the first time. There were the only two continents in the world that weren't connected directly. Mm. And what we can see is there's overwhelming demand for them. Uh, Qantas will have three of the longest routes, the top five routes in the world when we put on Auckland, New York. We know people want to fly direct. We know people are demanding those direct services. And what we've we've also seen in the past is that Qantas struggles to make money when it's competing against the Middle East carriers when it's one stop, the Asian carriers when it's one stop. And being able to fly direct allows you to make good returns on those services and to compete directly against those Middle East carriers. So from a business point of view, what's the difference between Perth and London and its success versus now, say, Auckland and New York, where you're in direct competition with another airline, i.e. ours? Yes. So for for us, the Perth-London service is one that we have on our own. That's absolutely true. Um, The the Auckland-New York service is going to be a very competitive service against Air New Zealand. And we treat Air New Zealand as a very competitive airline. Um, we we see this route as a good route for us because there's a huge amount of, of traffic that comes into Australia, to New Zealand and on to the US and vice versa. A lot of the US traffic wants to 
uh, travel to New Zealand and then come on to Australia. And we think we can offer them those services. We used to do New York through LA. Um, that was a very clunky service. You, you had to pick up your bags and connect them again. Where through Auckland, we have 11 flights a day from Australia to Auckland, connects with our service and connects it on to the United States. That's a lot more seamless. We're also um, investing in a new lounge in Auckland. We're spending $100 million in the next couple of years on lounges around the world. And our Auckland lounges will, will be one of the best in the world. It'll be 40% bigger than it was before COVID. Do you see New Zealand as another state of Australia in that sense? And no, not at all. We see it as a destination in its own right. It's one of the most important destinations on our network. You know, in Australia, Chinese tourists used to be the number one tourist before COVID. Kiwis were number two. So we see it's a very important destination for Australian tourism. But it's also a very important link on our network. We have Jetstar New Zealand that, that has a great operation here. We have a huge amount of American traffic that comes to both destinations, as we talked about. We have a huge amount of Kiwis that fly into Australia and use our network to Asia and to Europe. And so this is a very important additional market on our network. Where does, just to explain to people who aren't ab geeks, um, where does Qantas sit globally? So if you look at the big players, you yeah. look at um, British Airways or you look at Qatar, you look at Emirates, where yes. are you? Well, Skytrax, which rates the airlines on quality, rate Qantas as the fifth best airline in the world. What about size, though? Planes, services, as, seats? So we're in the top 20 airlines in the world. I mean, wow. you think... Uh, Australia, I think, is the 50th largest country in the world. So having an airline that hits above its weight as the fifth best airline and product, um, and what are the, we, we have now close to 330 aircraft, so pretty big operation compared to the size of the country. One of the things, uh, I'm not an air geek like you, but I love planes, and yes. one of the greatest things for me that's come out of COVID is the saviour of A380s. Yes. I think they're the greatest plane ever of the modern era. You, you park them, everyone park them up. Why? They're just too expensive, too big. Well, we always had the plan to bring them back. So we did park them in the desert, but we were in the middle of reconfiguring them with new seats. So roughly at 10 years, we put a new product on the aircraft. So the sad thing for me was we had an aircraft in Dresden in Germany with brand new seats on it, plastic on the seats. We flew it from Dresden straight to the Mojave Desert, and it was there for two years. So we were always going to bring them back. Some other airlines said they were going to um, get rid of them, Lufthansa, Qatar. Yeah. Uh, but then with the lack of capacity coming out on the other side of COVID, what's ended up happening is every, everybody's reactivating them. So we reactivated 10 of the 12, and uh, we've currently got seven of them flying. Uh, the other three will be back next year. Are they good for the long haul? They are a plane that you like and therefore we'll still see in the yeah. sky? So the customer loves them. Their product on them, you've got more space. Yeah. You can walk around the aircraft. The trouble is the economics were not good. Uh, they have four engines, so they burn more fuel in order to get that distance. Um, so you... There's newer technology now, like the 787 we're flying tomorrow, that burns 25% less fuel than that old technology. 
Uh, but once you've invested, they cost $300 million each. Yeah. Once you've invested the money in them, you might as well operate them for the full life of the aircraft. Uh, the economics work on that basis. See, what I like at the moment about whether it be the A380 or whatever, going point to point yeah. is, is, is real, it's here, it's yeah. now, we get it. Yeah. And then you read the stories about the supersonic flight and yeah. how you can fly from London to Sydney in you know four hours. Yeah. I don't see that ever happening. Do you see that ever happening? No. So, again, Qantas was at the forefront of all aircraft technology back in the 1960s we put a, an order in for for Concorde and the the Boeing equivalent the supersonic aircraft and uh, we put actually down the equivalent of 20 million dollars for them and we were going to we were going to fly from Sydney uh, to London I think it was with five stops but in 12 hours in the 60s <laughs> and then the economic impacts of Concorde uh, became a problem because they were banned flying over land because the sonic boom was causing yeah. too much noise pollution. And then the aircraft were flying at 65,000 feet, so there was a worry that they were going to destroy the ozone layer. Uh, so then this, there was only 20 of them ever produced, so nobody worried about those 20. But if there were 200, 300 of them, the environmental impacts would be just so great. Wow. So I don't see it ever happening. There's talk of smaller business jets that yeah. can do supersonic, but having big commercial airlines doing supersonic, I don't think we'll see in our lifetime. I, what's to achieve after that? Once you can go from anywhere on Earth to anywhere yeah. on Earth, what's left to do? So I think it, it, it is potentially speed and the suborbital options could be a way of speeding things up rather than, than going. But again, we're decades of yeah. more away from it. The big thing for us is probably environmental uh, is to start reducing our impact on the environment. And we, we were one of the first airline groups in the world to commit to net zero by 2050. Is that real? Yeah, we think it is because we're now buying sustainable aviation fuel, which produces 80% less CO2 emissions than current fuel, mm. and it creates jobs in the region. There's a lot of feedstock in Australia and in New Zealand that can be used to create that instead of buying oil from the Middle East and converting it into jet cars. So, How do you deal with the Middle East, by the way, given what the Saudis have done in the last couple of days and your jet fuels through the roof and then it's cheap yeah. and then it isn't? I mean, that's so out of your control and yet it's so critical. And we hedge fuels to give ourselves some certainty. So we do hedge in the year ahead. Uh, so that, that's locked in. So we, when we set airfares, air we know what fuel is for that period of time. And then we can adjust if oil goes up, we can adjust airfares up. And if oil comes down, we can adjust them down appropriately. So we can manage with hedging over that period of time. But it is very volatile. And in the aviation industry, my predecessor said, you just have to get used to the constant shock syndrome because something always happens every yeah. few years that cause you a little bit of a problem. A couple of quick things that are in the news. One's this passenger, this is out of Australia, the passenger movement charge yep. that they adjust that you can't do anything about. It's every passenger that leaves the country. They, there's another. Is, is there greedflation going on? Everyone's just charging stuff for the sake of it? Yeah, and I, I think what, what we're seeing on that is probably more detrimental to New Zealand because that movement charge hits the New Zealand market as a proportion of the airfares more. Yeah. Um, so what what we are seeing is definitely inflation has occurred, and there should be some inflation because we keep on referring everything back to 19 levels. We've had four years of inflation during that period of time. Uh, but what's, what we have to be careful of is that we get airfares back to a normal level as demand comes back down. 
And as we talked about, we're hearing, we're seeing twice the amount of demand than we had before COVID. But that will normalise as people have experienced the rest of the world. And then we're all competing for that tourism dollar, for that air travel dollar. And we have to be competitive. And things like that, I think, make us less competitive. Yeah. Well, fly well tomorrow night. And yeah. uh, good to meet and chat with you. Ta- and appreciate you. Thanks, Mike. And nice hopefully we'll see you on one of those flights good at some you. stage. And a, a direct flight um, from, from here anywhere in the world is a possibility uh, past 26. They're, they're exciting times. Alan Joyce. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.